Well, good morning, church. It is great to be with you. I am Mike Bechtold. I'm the youth pastor. Um, and coming off the heels of Chick, lots of fun things happened that week. I'm not going to share a whole lot because in the Tidings article, uh, one of our students, Shoshana, wrote an amazing uh, story about what happened. She wrote it while we were there at Chick, and so I encourage you to read that out. But I do want you to know that it was worth every thought. It was worth every prayer and every penny for the kind of impact that this week at Chick was on us, especially for the the uh, one student that I got to pray with to accept Christ and the several others who wanted a fresh start. So let's celebrate God working in there in our students' lives. And uh, likewise, too, getting ready to head out the doors again on Thursday with, uh, for Moose up with our middle schoolers up to the cities. Basically a mini chick for middle schoolers. And I'm excited because we have the biggest group going since I've been here. Uh, we have 42 students and leaders going, so it's going to be another great trip. Be praying for our leaders because, as some of you know, middle school ministry is like herding cats. So uh, be praying for them, but be praying for what God is going to do um, at Moose here this week. Um, so a lot of great things happening in Next Gen Ministries. Uh, you've got to hear over the last few weeks from our children's ministry leaders. We've got some great staff in place and some great things are coming. So now I get to share with you a little bit about student ministries and what to expect here. Um, and one of the things you'll notice is that Sunday mornings, you're going to start seeing a lot more students present. Um, we're going to start seeing them present, and not only present, but also serving. Because as we've been talking about sticky faith for the last few years, and how do we help develop and cultivate a faith that will stick in our students so that when they go off to college, that they continue to love God and love others. And as we deal with, okay, what's a next step for us? One of that is to be intentional in this space, that we have multiple generations present. And this is a great space for youth to um, not only be present, to, be, to feel like they belong, but also a space where they can serve alongside of other generations and to learn from one another and be mentored by one another. And so we're going to be intentional with that as we move into this next year. So you'll be excited that we get to, uh, the seats open here, get to be spaces filled by our youth. And because of that, Wednesday nights is going to continue to be focused on that space for smaller community where students can sit in a small group together and look each other in the eye and say, how are you really doing? And as we did that, this last year was our real intentional focus. And students were saying that, that they felt close. They felt like they could be themselves. They felt like they belonged into a group. And so that's exciting to see that. And we're going to continue that momentum um, as we move into fall. The only nuance changed based on surveys, which again, want to just plug in. When we send out the surveys, we use those surveys. So thank you for filling those out. But based on surveys and what students are saying, the one nuance changes, um, high school is going to be here on Wednesday nights, just because they still crave that space to see each other and everybody, even though we get into smaller groups. And so um, starting this fall, middle school 615, high school 730 here on Wednesday nights. And then lastly, I'm excited for our confirmation and mentorship program for our second year um, moving into this. Last year, we ended off really well, and I'm really excited for what this year brings. And so I just want to say, if you get asked by a student or uh, a parent, I invite you to really consider being their mentor this year. Because if they're asking you, that is saying that they really, really care about your relationship and that you are an important person in their life. And so that's why they're coming to you and say, will you be my mentor for the year? Um, and it's a, it's a great journey. I know we're all busy, but this is an opportunity and an honoring experience to say, wow, this, I can really have an impact on this kid's life for the next year. So I invite you to please consider that. 
So lots of great things to be excited for in student ministries, but I'm really excited for this morning, so let's jump in because we have a lot to cover. Um, So it's been an awesome journey during this wayfinding series, especially these last few weeks as we've seen this kind of reoccurring theme of the core message of Christ that as Brad worded it, Jesus plus nothing for everyone. That unlike the kingdoms we tend to build for ourselves, only through the, king, the grace of Jesus is everyone invited into the kingdom of God. And it's not by anything you do, but by everything that God has already done for us. And I'm excited because we get to look at that a little closer this morning. So as we begin, I invite you to think, what words or images come to mind when you hear the word love? What other words or images come to mind when you hear the word love? Perhaps it's that warm smile you have when you are around close family and friends. Or perhaps it's those giggly butterflies you get when you're looking at your significant other, right? Or uh, maybe it's that heartwarming experience of really meeting a need and caring for another person. I mean, these are great images, great understandings of the word love, but there are also a few more images based on how we use the word love in our culture. For example, the taste of a favorite meal, or that special gift we received on our birthday, or the outfit you are wearing, or the iPhone you just purchased, or the the sport you are involved in, that book you are reading, that movie you are watching. On and on this list can go, and I mean, just think about that. How often do you hear the words, I love, followed by a list of possessions, a list of activities, and a list of people. I mean, this word love gets used an awful lot, and I think it begins to diminish those things that are truly worth loving, and in many ways, it begins to diminish the kind of love that God is trying to tell us about in his word. And because we tend to base love on Taylor Swift's latest song or that chick flick on TV and say, oh, this must be what love is like. The whole falling in and out of love and making it all about your physical relationship with someone And other times we get caught up in the culture wars of today that is pushing this understanding that love requires unity. That if you love me, you agree with me and agree with my choices or my beliefs. And if you disagree, then you must fear or hate me. I mean, if you just spend five minutes on Facebook, you can watch our understanding of love just get more confusing and more skewed. And this isn't the Christian definition of love. It's not even the secular definition of love. If you were to pop love into your iPhone app on your dictionary, you would maybe see words like attraction or affection or desire, devotion or loyalty. Yet left out is words like unity or agreeing or tolerating. I mean, these words are not on Webster's list for defining love because it is how you, the individual, interact with another person. Okay, and this is despite any circumstances or positions or feelings that they may have towards you. And it's all because it's not about your position, but about your posture towards the other person. I'm going to say that again. It's not about your position, but about your posture towards the other person. And so this is how Webster defines love for us. But then in 1 Corinthians, we learn that God has specific characteristics for love, characteristics that help us truly see the depth of what love is like, especially the love from God. And as we're going to find out, it goes way deeper than an attraction or a desire. So open up with me, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this is the love chapter, and so I'm sure many of you have already uh, got many of this memorized because we hear this at basically every wedding ceremony we go to. Um, But rightfully so, this is the perfect reminder 
about what love is like as these two people are becoming one for a lifetime. But we this morning get to uh, read into this text outside the context of a wedding ceremony. And so not only do we get a deeper understanding of love, but it's once again going to point us to that core message that Jesus plus nothing for everyone. So join me now as we read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels but did not love others, I would be only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such a faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. And if I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only a part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned like a child, but when I grew up, I put childish things away. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but, when, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So Paul begins by stating that the things we elevate in our life do not matter without love. And he notes several situations in which um, we could accomplish amazing things, even things that are only uh, able to be done by the power of the Spirit. And these are great things. They're amazing things. But he makes it very clear that without love, these things are worthless. That prophecies will come to an end. That tongues can be quieted. That knowledge will become old news. And it makes me wonder, what other things in our life do we maybe elevate like these things? Perhaps it's certain relationships we have, or certain possessions we own, or maybe other abilities or gifts that we have. And Paul reminds us that these things do not last. Even in 1 Timothy 6, that Paul reminds us that these things are actually unreliable. That money can be taken from you, and houses and cars can fall apart, and food can mold, people can be forgotten, uh, friends can choose to move on, your own body will lose its abilities. No matter how great or important these things are, without love, they are worthless. And this is because I see love having an internal impact for two reasons. First is that when we fully express the love of God in our life, all these other things that are unreliable now become opportunities to help point others to Jesus. That because of love, your relationships, your possessions, and your abilities can become a catalyst to help create spaces where people can meet Jesus and find eternal life. With love, these things find greater value. And the second reason for love being eternal is that this love that Christ shares with us and then we in turn express towards other will be part of our life uh, as we move into eternity with our king. 
That as we'll find when we get to the end of the Wayfinding series, that loving God and loving others will be a part of the kingdom of God. And it, we get a head start now in bringing this kind of love to the world today. So there's this eternal movement of love, and it starts with us now. So what does this kind of love look like that has such an eternal impact? And uh, this is where we get to this list that we could probably rattle off so quickly. But have you stopped to think about what does each word bring to our understanding of love deeper than desire or affection? It says that love is patient. Love will face anything without complaining and will continue despite any difficulty it faces. Love takes its time because it's in it for the long haul. And love is kind. Even when you are frustrated or angry with someone, love chooses to be gentle and considerate of the other. And love is not jealous. Love does not care about rivalry wars or gets suspicious of what the other person may or may not be doing. Love gets excited for and works for the good of the other. And love does not boast. Even when you want to tell the world about your accomplishments, love does not brag. Instead, it, it builds up the other person and brags about their accomplishments. Love is not proud. Even when you think you are right and others are wrong, love does not see yourself better as others. Instead, love chooses to remain humble. And love is not rude. Love cares for the other instead of seeing them as worthless or unwanted. Instead, love chooses to approach them with respect and care in mind. And love does not demand its own way. Love is not selfish. It does not try to fulfill its own desires or build itself up. Love seeks to serve the other and put them first. And love is not irritable. Even when others attempt to annoy you or you are tempted to lash out at someone just like your younger brother and sister, right kids? Um, love is faithfully and gently continuing to care for others even when they annoy you or they are continually failing over and over again. And love does not keep a record of wrong. This is a hard one because when it seems like everyone is against you or openly attacking you, love does not hold a grudge. Love forgives. Love chooses not to bring up the past. And love does not return evil for evil. And love does not rejoice about injustice. I mean, even in those moments where that person got exactly what they deserved, love will mourn over the sin and the pain that it is bringing because love craves bringing reconciliation with each other and with God. And love rejoices with the truth. I mean, even when it is easier or better to lie, love is joyful when the truth is shared, even if it means uh, hard circumstances or long journeys ahead. And while that sounds scary, when love is in the context of all these characteristics, it actually brings peace and it brings hope to hard situations. And that's because love never gives up. Even when disappointments seem overwhelming, even when others are difficult to deal with, even when you feel overwhelmed and the situations seem hopeless, love will continue to endure and remain faithful until death because love never loses faith. Love believes in the other and will do the best to help them succeed because love is always hopeful. Even when nothing appears to be going right, love expects and anticipates the best for the other and they trust God's hand in it all. And because love endures all things. This is one of the hardest ones, especially when you think you can't endure the people or the circumstances in your life or you don't want to endure the junk of somebody else's life. Love will choose to stand with them no matter what until the end. 
These are the characteristics that God tells us is what his kind of love is like. And now you may look at this list and you may say, wow, I am horrible at loving people. Right? You may look at this and you say, wow, I, just, I do not have patience or I struggle with pride or I constantly get jealous or I give up way too easily. Right? Or you may be on the other side of this and you may say, wow, there's absolutely no way anybody could have this kind of love. It is impossible. And on some level, you're probably right because we are fallen people in a far, fallen world and this might just be too much of an expectation for us. So what do we do with this? I invite you to ask yourselves two questions throughout our week as we wrestle with this uh, idea and, uh, of God's love. First question is this, what characteristics of your love do you need to give more attention to? Okay, because while it may feel impossible, we are invited to do our best. And you'll find that when you do your best, God has a way of making the impossible happen. And so we need to recognize our posture towards the other person so that we can do our best to love them more. That's our heart, is doing our best to love them more. So the question is, which characteristics stick out to you that you could pay more attention to when you interact with the people you, uh, inter you come into contact with throughout your day so that you can love them more? It's a great question to ask, to be aware of your posture and what can you do to love them more. Second question is this. Who are the people that you need to love more like this? I mean, it's easy to love people who love you back. It's, it's a given. It's easy. But what about the cashier at the store who was rude, or the waitress who screwed up on your order, or the family member that has been disowned, or the friend who deserted you, or the person that you are trying to ignore, or the car that just cut you off in traffic, or the neighbor that you've deemed your arch enemy? Because this is where this kind of love gets hard. Yet Christ's love is for them too and we are called to love them just as much as we love ourselves. So who are the people around you that you may need to give this kind of love more attention to? These are two great questions and I invite you to ask these questions each morning as you head off into your day. Who are the people I might come into contact with and who do I need to try to love a little more today? Because this morning we are reminded this. Don't forget about what the love of God is like. I mean, in a world where we can declare our love for our spouse and our love for a cheeseburger in the same sentence, right? In a world where culture tries to push false expectations on the word love, in a world where we tend to love others more than we love ourselves, and in a world where, as Francis Chan says, love is highly conditional, very selective, and genuinely comes with strings attached, we are reminded that the love of God, a love is that is too great to fully understand, yet we can experience and express by the power of Jesus in our life. This love is greater, and this love is powerful, and this love can change the world. So don't forget that it is all these characteristics that is what loving God and loving others look like. And don't forget that this is the kind of love we are called to show our world. And don't forget that it is not about your position, but about your posture towards others. And don't forget that this kind of love has the potential to change our world, that when you see this kind of love happen, things change and people change. And don't forget to love the lonely and the widow and the homeless and the sick and the drunk and the annoying and the cynical and the enemy. And don't forget where this love comes from. 
goes back to John 3.16, that famous verse that says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son to die on a cross for everyone that whoever believes will have eternity, will find eternal life. I mean, when you think about God's posture towards us, when we did not even deserve his love, he did the unimaginable. That God's love leads to Jesus plus nothing for everyone. And while we may not fully understand this love, he invites us in turn to show this same love to everyone we meet. We are invited to live differently. And can you imagine what our world would look like if we intentionally tried to love this kind of love out in our day? We would be a part of bringing God's kingdom now and changing our world.